the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon right now. Good afternoon, one and all. Here I am. It is Juan. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to welcome in everybody tuning in on uh, Facebook, where we do the Noon Report live. Then we do one after dark a little bit later. Although I don't know, with this bad weather, we were scheduled to do a big one after dark tonight. With Cookie, with our friend R.E. Coogan and Heating. And also uh, former police officer Danny Gannon. But I don't know, folks. The roads the roads are very bad out right now. <clears throat> and this portion of the program is brought to you by Coogan Heating. It's Coogie. Folks, 401-732-6562. Are you having a problem with your heating system? Call Coogan Heating today. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. As they say, explore our services, plumbing, heating, and cooling. Now, it's going to get very cold next week. You just heard the weather forecast. And again, I want to... Uh, wish Jeff the March folks. Jeff, our, the defender of the faith, really the backbone of the program has been under the weather. We certainly hope that he is feeling better. That's the most important thing. But this uh, weather forecast right now, I mean, it is raining, but it's also now right now outside feels like it's 25 and it's going to drop even more. So as the afternoon goes along, I mean, you know, <clears throat> you don't have to be Einstein here. Look at the roads and they're going to get it's going to be a giant ice rink. And then tomorrow, Saturday, at least it's sunny, but it's going to be cold. And then Sunday's really cold, down to 7. And then next week, more rain, get rid of some of the snow. So all I'm saying is, folks, it's Coogan Heating. Call Coogie today. Residential services, all commercial. The guys out there trying to help people get their heat on that are having problems. And it's also the type of person you want to call when you have an emergency. It's Coogan Heating. You can depend on them. 401 732-6562. It's Coogie, the Coogie Point uh, 24-hour emergency service for Coogan Heating. Well, folks, good afternoon. Now, again, everybody is buzzing about the website, and I'm hearing from different people that various members of the media are starting to take on many of the things that I'm saying. Now, in fairness, uh, it's all, I'm I'm hearing it, meaning from people, but I want you to understand that my time is so stretched with some of the things they're working on, I, I don't get to hear it. But I am hearing from people that many of the things that, that I see that come through this microphone or on social media are then there's like a delay and then other people are saying it. But like, whatever. I, I don't, you know, did you hear? I, I didn't hear that. I know when I said it. I know when we posted it. But, you know, if more people come along to Juan's way of thinking, then, you know, as someone said, imitation is the highest form of, of flarity. Flattery. Thank you very much, Juan, on this Friday. Folks, this portion of the program, visit the website to petro.com, and it's brought to you by Endzone Sports Pub. Now, tonight, it's Friday night. Karaoke starts at 8.30 tonight, tomorrow night. Endzone Sports Pub. Stop in, have a drink, watch your favorite sports teams. A lot of great college basketball that's on or hockey that's on or pro basketball that's on. Plus, they have karaoke starts Friday and Saturday night. A lot of people, I, I encourage them. Listen, if you like to sing, then go out to dinner and then swing at Endzone Sports Pub. Um, I've seen people that show up, but it's nice. They go because they enjoy singing and like the setup. Beautiful sound. Poppin' and see Dana and Company, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, folks, good afternoon. Now, coming up at, I think, 1230, we're going to have Richard Southwell. Because if you check out to Petro.com, there is something um, pretty dramatic that's happening right now. And, folks, uh, Governor McKee did an interview earlier that he is um, – and, and someone described it pretty well as <clears> – Governor McKee right now is wobbly. That's a pretty good way to describe it. Something tells me something else is coming down that's not favorable to him. <clears throat> but he did an interview earlier today, and I think it was interesting that he was attacking Channel 12 – um, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee was attacking Channel 12 and called their reporting controversial reporting and done on purpose. Now, you know, that that's never a good sign. I'll just say that. The story is the story. I respect the people that put it together at Channel 12. They used emails that came directly from the governor that they got 
just so you understand, there's there's a public record request, so you can request things. And when someone, whether it's Governor McKee or members of his staff, but when they're sending emails, and they may have been unaware of this, by the way, um, as strange as that may sound, but when he was lieutenant governor, I don't recall anyone public record request for any emails coming from his office. Now, the moment you become governor, it becomes a different deal. So I heard someone speculating somebody, you know, got to the press these. Well, that that's that's I don't believe that's entirely accurate. I believe what happened was through public record request, Channel 12 were able to obtain these emails. And this has to go with the contract. So but, you know, sometimes, listen, and, and, and let me be very clear. I understand that sometimes I may be critical of the media, but not in this case. Channel 12, they're doing their job. And the reporters that they've assembled, Channel 10 <clears throat> basically is relying on their name, their heritage, and their anchors, right? Channel 10 has strong anchors. Gene Velasenti, Patrice Wood, very, very strong anchors. Mario Hilario in the morning. They've kind of abandoned their investigative unit. The I-team that Jim Terracani started at Channel 10, for all intents and purposes, is dissolved. It is. All due respects, I know they have a few people in there, but it's just it just doesn't carry the same weight. Right? And I'll give credit. Parker Gavigan did a, a good job with the I-team. I like Parker. I respect him. He's moved on. He's now working for the Providence City Council uh, for, for whatever reason. But good for him. Maybe better hours or whatever it may be. So, <clears throat> um, but Channel 12 has really picked up the slack. And Channel 12, you know, the investigative team in, in our area of the world, I, I'm telling you, when you have Tim White, Ted Nisi, Eli Sherman is their new person they have, um, that's, that's a very strong team. And their reporting on this contract is, you know, it wouldn't be a story if, if Governor McKee didn't have all these emails where they were, you know, that's why it's ended up at the office of the attorney general. It, it certainly, and you heard our legal analyst, Tim Dodd, saying that it sure sounds as though they were completely walking them through the process. And Governor McKee is having this problem where he has these ridiculous talking points that don't match reality. It's starting to become, um, you know, the old thing of do you believe me or you're lying eyes. I mean... This business of Governor McKee, who still really can't explain why Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott is going to start receiving $46,000 a month starting next month. And where this is going to become real frustration is if he can't explain it now, it's, it's fair game to ask him about that all the way through each month. And whether he's on a debate stage, and I know what doesn't like it. And I also want to mention this, folks, at um, at twelve fourteen. Now, I mentioned last hour. There's a good piece in the Valley Breeze by my former colleague Arlene Violet, who talks about how th- this is a sham. With this, they're going to uh, allow first-time home buyers. That that whole process tried and failed. Governor McKee's like ignoring that because it doesn't fit the narrative that he wants. What it's really about is just throwing money to the unions to build all these overpriced homes. But I also, so Arlene Violet, my former colleague, uh, we did great things together. And uh, as, a, as a team, true, especially as many people know, and, and, and it's never gotten enough attention. When, when we covered the CNC Plunderdome trial, had the broadcast center slash trailer right outside the courthouse, it, it set the tone of, of what coverage could be and then be on the scene. So that's one former. Another person is the idiot who they still allow on the air down the dial. At this point, um, I will give credit. Gene Velasenti does a very good job in the morning. I like Gene. I respect Gene. But what that station is allowing to have happen, that's, that's not <clears throat> objective talk. That's not an exchange of ideas. His whole, Pork Boy's whole mission is to get Dan McKee elected governor. Period. End of story. And, and at this point, and by the way, it's, it's out there that Governor McKee has basically cut a deal with him 
that if he does get elected, he will then hire him in a full-time position. That is, someone said to me, well, what's the difference between that and the way CNC used to be on the air and at the last minute, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, we'd run for mayor? Well, you know, that, that's a little bit different because it's, it's, granted, he was trying to further himself and it worked when he did that in 1990. It, it didn't work this time, or last time around, I should say, in 2014. But it's, it's a little bit different because <clears throat> you could also tell that was the person who was not shying away from that they were then going to run for mayor. And had to leave the, the airwaves in June and the election was not until uh, November. Where this is different, where this is different is you have someone in the form of Park Boy who has an agreement with Governor McKee. If you can use your platform to get me elected, because there's going to be blowback when he hires them, but I'll be in for four years. I don't know if I even want to do it much longer. If you will use your platform in order to get me across the finish line, I will reward you with a high paying job in my office. Now that, number one, there's an ethical problem. Number two, there's a blatant conflict of interest. It is a donation in kind. The Rhode Island Republican Party should be objecting about this, have both sign a statement saying that at no time will I accept employment with the governor, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that is basically, it's, it's a form of bribery. And it shouldn't also be uh, missed by people. That pork boy never has his old pal, Dan McKee, on the radio with him. When McKee was lieutenant governor, he was on all the time. But suddenly now that there's a job in play, they want to be able to say, oh, I, I don't even have him on. But the Republican Party should bring charges against that. That is a misuse of the airways. There is a money, right? They're dangling a carrot to Pork Boy. You get me elected, then I'll reward you with a handsome salary in in the governor's office, right? There's 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 an agreed upon exchange of services. So that that's now again, I, I can't do everything, right? I put a lot of stuff out there. Speaking of the Republican Party, the Republican Party and the chairwoman, Susie Yankee, has got to make a decision. <clears throat> Listen, there's things you can control, things you can't control. Right now, the Democrat Party in Rhode Island, hear me out, folks, right now at 1219 on this Friday, in, um, with all this melting, and be careful on the roads. Um, right now, the, the Democrat Party has basically set up that if, you, if you're a member of the Democrat Party in Rhode Island, there's a couple things. Number one, you, you, you can't, you, they don't, you don't talk about cutting taxes. The, the farthest you'll go is you won't raise taxes, but there's no talk of cutting taxes, which is ridiculous with all this money floating around. And again, I think Arlene mentions that in the Valley Breeze. But number two, the Democrat Party platform has become masks and children wearing masks in schools. Now you say, why would they adopt that? Because the teachers unions have thrust it upon them. So where I will be critical of the Rhode Island Republican Party is you have a lot of people upset, a lot of parents, grandparents upset. <clears throat> the children are still being forced to wear masks in school, even though, you know, it's not your imagination. Of course it doesn't make sense. There are other states that are starting to say, we're not gonna do that anymore. Um, you also have the CDC has basically said, you know, in hindsight, I'm not sure these kids need to be wearing masks in school. But the Democrat Party, there's no Democrat representative in Rhode Island who will say unmask the kids in the schools. And then you have all these parents that want the masks off. So it's it's a got it's an unbelievable gift of an issue. Because if if one, if I were the chairman of the state Republican Party. Not just a radio talk host influencer, if you will, but that would be, that's the issue. If you're a rep and you're running for office against a Democrat state representative, it doesn't matter where. That's your issue. If elected, we're going to unmask the kids in the school. 
Number one, they'll, they'll never come to your side because it's against their platform. And what they're doing to children is cruel, irreparable damage. Irreparable damage. Now, again, I don't like to tell people how to do their job. I refrain from it because I don't like when people tell me how to do my job. So I try not to tell people how to do their job. However, I mean, you don't have to reinvent the wheel for crying out loud. The governor race in Virginia basically showed that. Where Glenn Youngkin talked about no mass and no critical race theory. I played yesterday. The rep, Justin Caldwell, progressive rep, said parents have no involvement, should have no involvement with children's education. Where is the press release from? The state Republican Party, what the hell are you waiting for? Folks, it's like you're watching a football and there's a fumble and your team is just standing there looking at the ball. My God. I don't want to hear about some tourist from Illinois who may spend her husband's money to run for governor. You're a tourist from Illinois. You're not qualified to run the state. But as a, and on top of that, it's, it's insulting to us. Focus on what's there. 400 people went to the state house demanding masks come off kids in schools. And what did McKee and the rest of them do? Table for one salute. Get up there. Get those people and get them in the game. One issue. And I hear people say, well, what would you say? Uh, do you repudiate Trump? I'm not answering that question. That's what you can print. He refused to answer the question. Do you repudiate January 6th? Here's what you write. Juan refused to answer the question. You don't have to answer everything they ask. Asked, answered. You don't have to answer that. And my answer would be, listen, nobody cares about January 6th. Okay? No one's, President Trump's been out of office for two years now. This is here and now. This is right now. God almighty. You must, stop telling me what I must do. All right? You can ask whatever you want. Doesn't mean I'm answering it. Here's my answer. I want masks off of the school. Are you pro-life or pro-choice? I want masks taken off the kids in school. Do you support more gun control? I want masks taken off children in school. Are you going to answer that to every question? Yes. That's my one issue. Do you think, I have no thoughts on that. One issue. Just do the interview, print your blanking story, and just say, refuse to answer any question. The only thing... The person was saying, who's running for rep in Smithfield, who's running for rep in Lincoln, who's running for rep in Cumberland, was they would unmask the children in the schools. And they're against this emergency BS that McKee is doing. That's it. Well, I don't think the media is going to be fair. Let me confirm that for you. You don't have to answer every question. God almighty. You know, many people... Tell me, you should run for office. I'll tell you the office that I, I might be persuaded to go for. And that would be to, be, to run the Republican Party in the state. I, I, that one actually tempts me. Um, only because to me, it's, it's like you've got to be kidding. Where are the press releases, right? McKee keeps the executive order. Silence. 400 parents want children mass off school. Silence. Emergency order continues. Silence. Uh, a, a rep steps forward and says parents have, should have no involvement in school. Silence. That's the office that I may run for. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by Henry Oil. I don't know. I'm just saying. 401-521-0200. Online at henryoil.com. It would be very different. Not everyone likes the rough and tumble. The rough and tumble obviously does not scare off one. Um, there's a lot of things that could be, and, and, and let me just be very clear. I, I really firmly believe this is a golden opportunity to get people. There are parents that are like, you know, I've, I've always voted Democrat, but what is this? I can't stand these mask mandates. Come in, vote for the Republican candidate. You have a home in the Republican Party. The Republican Party of Rhode Island is the party of children don't wear masks. That's it. Forget about the other stuff. 
Well, do you repudiate Trump? Oh, shut up. What do you say about January 6th? That it was trespassing is what I say. That nut firefighter from Warwick was doing a hell of a lot more damage than the people on January 6th. And the state police let him go every time. It was the FBI that had to get involved. Let's not forget that. The FBI had to get involved. Like, how much more are you going to... That This is embarrassing, by the way. The FBI had to get involved. Who is this guy saying is going to kill every elected official in Rhode Island with an AK? He's going to walk into Warwick City Hall. And, and no one was arresting him? <laughs> Folks, Henry Oil, call them right now. Fill up your tank. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Well, folks, good afternoon. Again, it's one. You know, I just, it's true, folks, as many of you know. Listen, I get upset. There's opportunities here. These people shrug their shoulders. Like, this is impacting everyone. There is, there is no one really going after. Parents are, need a leader. Granted, minority leader Flippy is. But as I have said, this is a real missed opportunity that there's no Republican candidate for governor going after Governor McKee, who, who again, he seems very defensive and wobbly about this stupid mask mandates in schools. What more proof do you need? The teachers can wear a mask. The teachers have are vaccinated. A lot of the teachers have already had COVID, which means they have natural immunity. This is ridiculous. Unmask those blanking kids. And the, the fact that they make them wear them for sporting events is, is, is equally ridiculous. But at this point, I'm, I am. I'm blaming the Republican Party for letting McKee get away with it. And I normally hesitate to do that because I try to be supportive. This portion of the program, folks, call Soul S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration today. They clean and disinfect residential commercial properties. Call them for a free quote, 401-712-2700, 401-712-2700 for Soul, soulsourcerestoration.com. This business where the teachers union um, that have a hold over Governor McKee, and he, listen, it's very simple. He's afraid of them. A lot of members of the media are afraid of the teachers' unions. They are. They're powerful. A lot of the elected officials are. The teachers' union is saying, no, we control. We have the control. We want control. So there's talk that Governor McKee saying, well, maybe he's going to let the different school boards decide. Good, it should be. Local control. Then parents can go to their school committee meetings and then they can voice their opinions and hold people to the fire. This is a time to hold people accountable. And there's a lot of people that are trying to skate by on this and not be held accountable. But they should be held accountable. But at this point, what what more? You know, th- there's numerous people saying at this point, wait, why are you still masking children in schools? This, this is bordering. What is the point here? What more has to happen? It's very apparent to anyone that Governor McKee is afraid, intimidated, whatever your words you want to use, to stand up to the progressive left and the teachers unions. He doesn't want to get in a fight with them, so he just caves to them. And they are loud. And they do keep threatening that they'll, you know, uh, make it difficult for him. But who is he serving? Is he serving uh, the special interests or is he serving the parents? Let me get on Richard Southwell. Richard is one of the people that brought the lawsuit. And at this point, um, everything they have said about children and the, the masking of the school, folks, uh, history will not be kind to those who decided to uh, do this to parents and specifically children or your grandchildren. So, all right, folks, joining us right now, again, he is one of the individuals that brought, I think the lead plaintiff with the lawsuits of the mask is our friend Richard Southwell. Richard, it's John DePietro. Good afternoon on this very rainy, wet, treacherous Friday, but thank you for joining us. Good 
great to be here, and it is still a Friday despite the weather. That's a so very that's good a point. Hey, Richard, I want to, number one, give you credit for everything that you've done with this lawsuit uh, with parents about children with masks. And at this point, um, it's, it's really frightening and hard to believe that you have a governor who clearly does not have a spine or a backbone, and the teachers' unions continue to defy science. The CDC, other people, I mean, it, it, the evidence is there. There is no reason to have children in mass. 400 parents and citizens went to the state house the other night. The, the, the General Assembly is profiles in, in being cowards. This is, at this point, it is just beyond outrageous that they continue to keep children in masks. I agree 100%. And um, those 400 people that showed up, plus I think there were another 200 in, um, in the Senate yeah. participating by phone in that. That's 600 people. And, and if, 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 it was, if it wasn't 600 to nothing, it was probably like 598 to two. Um, but it was a very, very strongly, obviously, and it really became about the masks and what that entails and the justification that we're getting from the governor and the General Assembly, some elements of the General Assembly, because the Republicans um, in the House that we heard from on the, in the committee meeting, but the justification is, oh, well, you know, we've got these you know, measures in place that we couldn't have without a, you know, without an executive order like you know virtual meetings it's like well go pass a law that's what you guys do um and the other one that rep tansy brought up um to the detriment of this resolution in my opinion um she started tying it to federal dollars and after two years yeah after two years i think we're all getting a little tired of you know hearing about federal dollars nobody mentioned anything about keeping people safe or saving lives it was about the federal dollars and i I did a little back of the envelope math here if you'll indulge me yes we've got about a billion dollars in federal funds that we've gotten through various pandemic relief funds from the federal government there's about a million people that live here in rhode island it's a thousand bucks a head spread that over two years yeah 500 bucks a year for all this nonsense oh and by the and by the way, those were your tax dollars to begin with. That's right. Good point. You know, that's what's also, Richard, that's an excellent point. And it was Representative Teresa Tansy that, you know, that was, the, they call that uh, in politics that it's, you know, it's um, it's it's a political mistake is when, when, they, when they actually voice the truth of what's going on. She let out the secret that the whole reason they're willing, because this was a defining moment, they're willing to allow irreparable harm to children because they feel it's justified because the state is getting money from the federal government. I'm not exaggerating, Richard Southwell. No, and in fact, uh, that was in the hearing, but let's remember we got that judgment of irreparable harm back in December and I couldn't get a phone call back from Speaker Shikarchi or Senate President Ruggiero about why they weren't going back into session to immediately alleviate the problem. Yes. So the General Assembly has a lot to answer for in November. Um, The Republicans have a little more wiggle room because they were in such a, a small minority. Um, but for those moderate Democrats that are shrugging their shoulders and have shrugged their shoulders throughout this and said, oh, well, you know, leadership won't let us. I think you're going to get a chilly reception on a lot of doorsteps when you go campaigning this summer. That's right. Now, only if I'll, I'll just say this, though, Richard. And again, folks, we're speaking with Richard Southwell, who's one of the lead plaintiffs, uh, plaintiffs excuse me, regarding um, parents trying to get the mass mandate removed from the schools. Richard, but I'll say this. Uh, That is only going to be the case, Uh, and I have been supportive, but if the Rhode Island Republican Party, they are missing an opportunity here because they need to connect the dots for people. Richard, right now, unless I'm missing something, no Democrat elected official will go against the mask mandate. So this is a voting issue. And when you say about people going up to the door, the only way that that is, and I, I agree with you, but only if the state Rhode Island Republican Party can connect the dots and make it clear to people that one party wants your child, grandchild, children in masks, 
The other party, the Republican Party, does not want children. They would unmask the children. You tell me, I am unaware of any elected Democrat official who will go on the record and publicly speak out against the mask mandate. Now, unless I, you know something I don't, um, is, is there anything, you know, that you could share with us? Uh, my phone is not ringing off the hook from, you know, with uh, vows of support from Democrat or, None. you know, any, any lawmakers for that no. matter. I mean, I think the, you know, and to be clear, I've been an independent for 19 years and I've lived here for 19 years. Yep. So, um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of political parties. I'm not a huge fan of politics in general. I kind of fell asleep at the switch for 19 years and enjoyed my life and kind of let things get out of hand and, and things got out of hand and, you know, we're all jumping in to, to get it cleaned up and, and it'll never happen again. That's the other. Well, let, me, let me let me phrase it this way, then. Uh, at least an independent candidate. Someone must challenge the state. The Rhode Island State House is controlled and dominated. It's one party rule. It's Democrat Party rule. Now, uh, this mask mandate is is part now of the Democrat platform, meaning you up at the state house right now, you can't be a Democrat unless you're in favor of the mask mandate. So my point is, I know some people may say, well, I've never been a Republican. Then then it could be an independent candidate. But what what I'm saying is someone the only way they're going to be held accountable is if there's an alternative of who people could vote for. That's so, that, That's the part that I'm referring to, just to be yeah, clear. Yeah, and yeah, there's two steps to that, too, because there's a lot of moderate Democrats. Yes. Like, in our... You know, in our family group, like we've got all men. This cuts across political ideology. This cuts across party. You know, if you've ever thought as a Democrat about running for general assembly, yep. and you thought, oh, you know, my, my, you know, the incumbent is too entrenched. They're too supported by the party. Whatever that may be, run, yes. primary them. That's right. And Richard, again, folks, we're speaking with Richard Southwell, who's one of the plaintiffs regarding the parents trying to get these uh, children unmasked in the school. You know, Richard, if anything, many of the things that you have talked about, uh, it came out during the course of the, quote, trial or just in the lawsuit. You know, if anything, you're seeing more and more of the CDC starting to pivot to basically to your side. Yeah, and the reason they're doing that is that some of the stuff they put out in justifying the mask mandates has fallen apart spectacularly. Yep. So I'll give you an example. In Dr. McDonald's written uh, letter to the committee on Tuesday night, he did not appear in person. There was a representative from the Department of Health there speaking or representing them uh, and providing testimony. But in his written letter, you know, asking, you know, asking to support the, the resolution to extend, he cited a study out of Arizona. It was a CDC study. It was all the rage back in late August because it showed that there was a 3.5 times difference in incidence of COVID in schools without mask mandates in Arizona. And everybody, you know, went on to the national news. It got everywhere. Fast forward a couple months, and The Atlantic comes out with an article. I can provide it with you offline, not a problem. Um, not exactly a, a right-wing publication, The Atlantic. Absolutely demolishing the data discrepancies in that study, the methodologies, the fact that the result that they were claiming was so outlandish that it should not have gotten out in the first place. And yet our public health officials relied on that and then went to that hearing on Tuesday. Philippi, uh, Rep. Philippi actually called them on it, yep. you know, about the fact that that particular study that you're pointing to is why we need masks in school has been absolutely crushed by both sides of the media. But yet that's what you're hanging on to because right. I guess that was on top of his pile. Yep. But these, you know, these headlines that are coming out there, 3.5 times the incidence, this Hassenfeld study, 80% of parents support it. They talked to 400 families yes. in that survey. Yeah. No. There were more than 400 people in the state house on yes. Tuesday night or yes. on the phone. And on top, not only that, Richard, but... Most of the time, and Joe Fleming, all due respect, but when he does these polls there, you know, it's heavily Democrat weighed all the time. So, you know, they, they, they're not, who are these parents they talk to? And, and I, I don't believe that poll because it, it doesn't make sense that there's so many people against it. And then in near, next door in Massachusetts, they had a poll done by Boston.com. And 90% of parents are against masks. So, I, I, you know, that 
that poll, I believe, was supported, commissioned almost by the teachers union. And they'll give you whatever result that you have. You know, if, if, if someone's paying you to do the poll, they'll basically give you the result you're looking for. And, you know, my, my take on that whole survey poll thing was, you know, have we learned nothing from 2016 when everything was so wildly wrong? And then statisticians started to look at the methodology and who was, you know, who was polled and, you know, what was their political affiliate? Well, it was eight times as many Democrats as Republicans. So it swings a certain way. Yeah, all the things you just said. But as citizens, we've got to start to wake up to some of this stuff and read below the headline. That's right. I mean, uh, Bob Walsh was on uh, you know, another show yesterday yes. going oh off about God. this 80% and he's bolstering the resolve of lawmakers with this thing. And I put out a video earlier this morning. That's right, which I shared. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate that. But that's the math behind it. And that's the simple math. Like we didn't even get into, you know, did you talk to two parents in the same household who probably agree or did you talk to 400 distinct families? But right. um, bottom line, if I was a lawmaker, that is not strengthening my result. It's actually making me naughty need because yeah. Richard, it's not a lot of help. Richard, what? And again, folks, we're speaking with Richard Southwell, um, one of the parents that brought this lawsuit. The plaintiffs, Richard. I'm also curious. What do you think of you know Governor McKee is weighing now? He instituted statewide mask mandate with his gov- gubernatorial emergency order instead of saying, and now I'm going to appear take it down. He is contemplating going kind of what I would call almost like the chicken route, which is he would then punt it to all the local school committees and say, okay, well, now you guys can all decide whether or not you want the mask. Now, what I find hypocritical about that is he had no problem doing across the board mask mandate, boom, boom, boom. But suddenly now, because he fears, you know, the wrath of the teachers union. And so and the progressive left now he's saying, oh, we're going to we're going to let school districts make their own decision. Yeah, I don't think that's helpful to the school committees because there are a lot of them are under pressure already, as you well know. Right. You know, on other issues. So, yeah, throw another election issue. That's a great idea. Well, and it doesn't and it doesn't help the governor any no. because he's already made the mistake back in August. Right. Yes. So people are, you know, voters are coming after him anyway. So I'm not sure. But I don't understand a lot of the decisions that he's made. Um, and that's, you know, the last he, he, he already set the precedent that as governor, he's going to, you know, kind of make the, the, the mask mandate one way or the other. I, I think it's hypocritical for, you know, he didn't, for instance, he didn't say. I'm going to leave it up to each school committee whether or not they want to have masks in schools, right? He didn't say that. He said, as governor, everybody's got to wear the mask. I think it's disingenuous at best to now say, well, if you don't want to wear it, we're going to let everybody make their own local decision. What I'm saying is he didn't afford that uh, option in the first place. So I I think it's kind of almost bordering on cowardly to now say everybody can just make up their own mind. Well, he did afford us that opportunity because in Foster Gloucester Regional, we had a mask optional policy going into the school year until he took it upon himself to issue an executive order. Exactly. So if yes. he's, yeah, I mean, he's being banged all over the place. Yes. Um, yes. He's kind of crashing between the guardrails. The one other thing I'll say with the executive order behind that is a emergency regulation from the Department of Health, which runs into mid-March. So that was put in place as a backstop when the lawsuit came. So they run about, they have 180 days as well, but they started 30, about 30 days later than the governor. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. My bottom line with the General Assembly is that they need to get the masks off the kids immediately. And this session, they might have to put together other pressing issues like happy hour, but this session, they need to take a a good hard look at what they're going to do to make sure this never happens again and that the Rhode Island Department of Health never has the kind of power that they've enjoyed the last two years and abused over the last two years. Well, I'll just tell you, that's going to be really difficult in an election year. It's going to be next to impossible with the current makeup of the General Assembly. A lot of the things that are in place, the reason why is because of the one-party rule and the, the current makeup of the General Assembly. That could change. You know, there's a number of different things that could be, but I, I would be normally in the past, the history has shown us what they try to do during an election year is they stay away of anything that could cause them uncomfortable conversations out on the campaign trail. So I, I hope you're right, but 
That's that the the, the Rhode Island State House predominantly uh, traditionally in the past has not exactly been, you know, great profiles in courage. No, no, they've not. And look, I'm an optimist, not a fool. I saw what they did and what they did not do back in December when that ruling came out. And we heard what they said and what they did not say when that ruling of irreparable harm came out. So yeah. we know exactly what we're doing, dealing with here. So maybe the makeup of the General Assembly needs to change. Mm. I think it does. Folks, again, I think it does too. Yeah. Folks, again, I want to give him a lot of credit. Richard Southwell. Richard, you're on the right side of history on this. Oh, before I go, what is the next move here for people that are obviously, uh, you know, people are very engaged. A lot of people, that's the first time that they went to the Rhode Island State House. They were, you know, they came away very frustrated. Uh, do we know what is the, the next move here in this, this whole uh, situation? So. My understanding is that some committee calendars have changed, so these you know these resolutions have to get out of committee and then you know go to a vote. So I would continue pounding the phones, pounding the email, pounding the Twitter, the the text, whatever it is you do to communicate uh, with your lawmakers and make it known that this is not going to fly. They're going to have to you know you want virtual meetings, pass a law. Yeah. Uh, the only yeah, thing no, is a no, lot no, of times executive order thing, convenience stuff, things stay buried in committee a lot of times if they don't see they don't want to take that vote. So they leave it buried in committee. So then they never have to take the vote. That's that's how they get around, you know, difficult votes. By the way, that should be changed. There are certain things that they should have the option of. Let's just put it to the floor and go an up or down vote. But traditionally now, uh, especially in election year, the way they avoid uncomfortable votes that could hurt them on the campaign trail is they keep it it never makes it out of committee and then it's always sent back for future study so what's we'll, we'll, we'll then see there won't be then there won't be an extension that's right right yep so well, yeah uh, keep in contact with your yes you know with your legislative people and yep. you know find two or three other people who haven't written in yet if that's they're right. on the same page and maybe just busy and just you know poke them a little bit babysit the kids for 20 their kids for 20 minutes so they can get a uh, get a letter out i like that. um but keep that pressure on Richard, keep up the good work. The people, are, the children are counting on you. Yes, they are. They're counting on all of us. That's so thank right. you very much for having me on. I appreciate the, uh, the the platform. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Folks, Richard Southwell, he's one of the parents. Again, what has been going on um, with uh, the McKee administration, it's just, it, it, it's reaching ahead. It is, uh, <clears throat> I would say it's, it's reaching a boiling point at, at this point. People are fed up. People are tired of this. How much longer... Does this have to go on? And as I mentioned, and again, good afternoon at 1249. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by Propane Plus. Call Propane Plus today, 885-4209, 885-4209. Remember, with Propane Plus, propane is energy for everyone. It's affordable. It is sustainable. It's equitable. Good for the environment. It's also renewable. Let Propane Plus be your propane supplier. Online at propaneplus.com. Again, remember with Propane Plus, three generations, all right, three generations committed to providing the best possible propane service. They're available 24-7 for your delivery needs. They offer online billing, schedule your service, delivery, click of a button. You see, receive a free safety inspection. And if you're one of those businesses that you find you're using a lot of propane, a lot of businesses, especially restaurants, are saying, you know, I use a lot of propane tanks for heaters outside, for lighting, whatever it may be. Folks, call Propane Plus. Call them. They are just fantastic. Propane Plus in Rhode Island, dial 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 and always online at propaneplus.com. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it's 1250 on this. Uh, again, it's it's a very uh, rainy and the roads are, are dangerous out there. So, you know, we're going to have the forecast coming up at the top of the hour. But I'm just telling you, um, you know, we're seeing we're hearing about a lot of accidents and a lot of people are, there's hydroplaning, there's a lot of flooding going on. I'm just advising you that uh, if, if there's something that could be put off for another day, I, I would do it. There's an errand I was going to run this afternoon that I don't think I'm going to run just because it doesn't seem like it's worth it. Folks, and if you remember, if you find yourself in an accident, 
call West Fountain Auto Body. There were several accidents this morning. A car flipped over just a short time ago. West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Four words, West Fountain Auto Body. Call Kenny at 401-272-3340. Whether it's a small uh, fender bender or nearly total vehicle, you can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 401-272-3340. The original, the best, you can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. Located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. It's West Fountain Auto Body. So folks, good afternoon. Again, it's John DePietro. We're going live until, uh, obviously, till two o'clock. But this is, um, you know, it, it, it's building. And at the same time, um, something needs to be done. It's not your imagination. It, there's studies now. There's more people talking about the irreparable harm being done to children. God, these adults that have no backbone at all. No backbone at all. And, and they're willing to let the teachers unions and the progressive left bully them around. So, there's some other news today. This is interesting. New boss declares CNN leader in news to the left. So that's interesting that CNN, as you know, Jeff Zucker is gone. And the new leader of CNN has said the network was the leader in news to the left. His communication team scrambled to walk back the admission. But the damage is already, God bless me, it's already goodness, is already done. The Discovery CEO, whose media giant is set to close the merger with CBS. We have this great entertainment menu, should keep people in the home, kids, the grandparents, why would they go in? We're the leader in news to the left. Wow. Comment to a surprised response from CNBC, who wondered whether his reference to CNN's ideological heart. You know, that is, um, I, I also, that's not what people wanted from some CNN. That's certainly not. At this point, though, I mean, Fox News has basically just obliterated CNN, obliterated uh, CNN. Poll, Americans united in worry over political divisions, but not much else. You know, all of this talk and all of these people that are running for office in Rhode Island that are Democrats, that are talking about saving democracy, preserving democracy. I'll tell you why, you know, undermining democracy, as they like to say. The reason why my response to that is when you have people like David Cicilline and the Democrat Party that have a full concentrated strategy to have people come in over the border They get them to vote Democrat, and then the rest of us, our opinions don't matter. That is undermining democracy, period. And they never talk about that. They never address that. Now, again, if you're wondering about Governor McKee, check out uh, the website to Petro.com. Because I'll tell you the situation he's in. 34% approval rating. I enjoy... Having um, Dan McGowan on each week, a columnist for the Boston Globe. And one of the reasons why is, you know, we, we've talked about and, and with him, I have said that I believe a problem for Governor McKee is his approval rating seemingly are they mirror President Biden. So when Governor McKee, he left for a two week vacation in November, I said he thinks he has a 60 or 59% approval rating. And, and I said, I think he's wrong. And he was wrong because he had a 50% approval rating. Now, Governor McKee's approval rating is 34%. And that's statewide. It's less in certain communities and areas. Uh, areas excuse me. So my point is, right now, the Democrat Party in Rhode Island, it is the party that is dominated by progressives. It is dominated by reps who don't care, who do not care if children are masked in school. There's never talks about tax cuts. There's never any talk about tax cuts. I want to once again 
give uh, uh, recognition, if you will, to my former colleague, Arlene Violet, who I guess now once a month writes a piece for the Valley Breeze. And the name of it is The Sacred Cows Are Mooing. She's guys, forgive me for titling a column I used almost 14 years ago. But with more money available, state has a surplus. Think of this. The state surplus was $618 million, $103 billion of COVID money. Yet, the state also received $114 million opioid litigation. What does Rhode Island do? Unlike the governor of Massachusetts, Rhode Island Governor Jay McKee has proposed no tax cuts for anyone. No tax revenue will be returned to taxpayers who put the money in. Instead, the usual special interest. And where Arlene is 100% right in the Valley Breeze. As you think about that, the fact that the state has $618 million, that means they took $618 million from you, from me, from us. That's our money. They overtaxed us. They should be sending it back. But see, in the Democrat Party in Rhode Island, there's no such thing as a tax cut. The most they'll go is a moderate, quote, moderate like Dan McKee, who is looking more and more like a liberal or a leftist progressive. The most they'll go is they won't increase taxes. That's, that's our money. When you think about it, that's a billion seven. Almost two billion and no money comes back to us. In the COVID money is ours. So she also writes a great piece about the governor wants 250 spent on housing and homelessness. You know, they tried that. She's exactly right. I remember that. Providence Journal had an article, the Neighborhood Coalition in South Providence. They built six houses in the neighborhood. Guess how much they cost? 345000 each. The homes were then listed for 147000 One family moved to purchase a house while the housing stock deteriorated. So the governor proposed $50 million to provide a $17,500 down payment for first-time homeowners. What makes them think the banks, that they're wrong, that you need folks with sufficient assets? You're exactly right. And on top of that, I'll go a step farther. That fund is going to be for all politically connected people. It's not going to really go. It's the ultimate. Listen, Governor McKee is proving himself to be. I'll say this, folks. And again, it's 12.59. It's Friday afternoon on this Friday, February 4th. It's the John DePietro Show. We're going to break coming up for the 1 o'clock news. We have another full hour to go. I have a lot more sound to play. But um, but we're, the, the, the governor, Governor McKee is proving himself to be an, another I know a guy type politician. And I think it's the wrong tone. I don't believe that's what people want. I don't believe that's what voters want. He's doing a lot of things because he feels pressured with that Democrat primary. He keeps telling people, once I'm elected, I'm going to do A, B, and C. But I don't think he's going to make it through the primary. All right, so coming up again, we're going to have the 1 o'clock news. There is big news. The job numbers are good, actually, for the Biden administration. But And then we're going to be back on the other side. For those on Facebook, the next hour is radio only. You can listen AM 1380 or on the website dipetro.com. Folks, stay tuned. It's John DePetro. Much more ahead after the one o'clock news.